Welcome back. It's been a while. It's been a while. When's how how long ago is our last episode? Well, we did record an episode, but um, technical difficulties. That's right, technical difficulties. And by technical technical difficulties, Aaron means uh, Casey difficulties. Yeah, the techie can't do anything around here. Can't do anything. That's what I've learned. <laughs> Um, so we did record an episode, but we didn't actually record an episode. Yeah, but it, I mean, don't worry. It was not It was very actually good. maybe our worst <laughs> it was, episode. Yeah, yeah. So it was actually fine. Yeah. I feel like we like were arguing and I was just like, I don't even care to like, like try to litigate this. Yeah. I mean, I'm always thinking whenever we argue about something, I'm like, well, like on the podcast, I'm like, well, like, is this, I'm, I, I definitely like want to argue, but like, is this good content? <laughs> yeah, it's like not. Well, the thing that I actually do like about arguing with you is that oftentimes people will come in in the comments and defend my side. Mm, yeah. Like there's Female very privilege. Yeah, <laughs> there's very few times, if ever, that like we're arguing about something. And then later I see a comment where someone's like, he was right. Never. Free market for the win, baby. <laughs> it's usually like me being like, well, there's this little critique I have. And you're like, don't be nope. mean to Aaron. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. That could have happened, but I, I honestly didn't want it. But it's fine. We have a very special theme this week. Very special theme. Yeah. The theme is inscriptions. Inscriptions. Inscriptions yeah. launched on Mainnet. Yeah. Inscriptions launched on Mainnet. Uh, Did you do it on the day of the new moon in Aquarius? Uh, no, it was last. It was this. It was this last Friday. So it was you know Tuesday, Monday, Saturday, Sunday, like five days ago. Well, the new moon was at like noon on uh, Saturday. So like yeah, pretty enough. much, I mean, within like 24 hours, probably. Yeah, that's right. Within 24 hours. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Yep. That's a good use, utilization of the, uh, the energy. That's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. What are inscriptions? Aaron, do you want to, do you want to cover this for our, for our audience? Inscriptions are NFTs on Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, yes. Um, you don't like it, but that's the case. It's the case. It's true. Yeah. Inscriptions are NFTs on Bitcoin. I really don't like the term NFT because it's, it's it's one it's it's confusing nobody it's nft stands for non-fungible token um nobody knows what fungible means token has sort of like a finance like kind of ring to it or like a video game kind of feeling to it that's what i associate it with yeah um i associate it with like tokens like ico tokens you know like shitcoin tokens Mm. um i think people like nft well i don't know if like nfts but i think people NFTs caught on because it's an acronym that like when you explain it, it doesn't explain anything. Mm. And so it like makes people feel like either like it's like something that's like, oh, well, if I don't get it, it's because like it's actually just very technical and I couldn't possibly understand it. Uh-huh. But it also allows for people to kind of like meme it and make fun of it because right. no one understands it. So yeah. it's like yeah. it's negative attention, I think, on all sides, but yeah. that like works in the favor of NFTs as a concept. Yep. Yep. So, um, yeah, inscriptions are nfts i prefer the term digital artifact for inscriptions um, yeah i mean do you yeah all you know? all all nfts all digital artifacts are nfts but not all not all nfts are, are digital artifacts um okay explain that yeah so like nfts for example i'll just pick on ethereum because ethereum's nfts are the most popular um ethereum nfts have a lot of really weird properties so one is that oftentimes the content is off chain and the content might be on some completely non-decentralized storage, like literally sitting on somebody's web server somewhere. So like the image that you see with an M- NFT is not on chain on Ethereum, it's, it's on some server. And that means that it can go away or it can be changed. And this is very surprising to people. A lot of people think that 
um, oh, it's like on chain somehow, or mm -hmm. it's like on the blockchain, and so it can never change. But in fact, the the ERC seven twenty one specification, which is the spec for to which all Ethereum NFTs much must conform, explicitly allows linking to content anywhere. It can be off chain, it can be on chain, it can be on IPFS, it can be on Arweave or one of these other sort of non functional platforms. Um, and it's very hard to tell the difference to the consumer. Like there's a huge difference for where it's stored, for its durability and its mutability. Um, but users like don't, there's, there's nothing that really tells users where things are. Um, the other thing is that, um, so this is one reason that like NFTs is sort of a bad concept because it's used to refer to things that like don't have the properties that people actually want out of NFTs. Another reason that NFTs, another property that NFTs often have that people like fundamentally don't want is that a lot of the time they have backdoors or security vulnerabilities or limitations on what you can do with them. Um, like each ERC 721 NFT is a smart contract and understand exactly what it does and if it has security vulnerabilities and if you can actually like if the user really owns the NFT and can dispose of it as they wish, you have to go in and, and audit each NFT's individual smart contract individually. And this is like a specialized activity, which is very hard to do and nobody does it. I see some brow furrowing over well, there. Well, okay, so when people make, so first of all, do people usually just generally make NFTs on Ethereum or are there other things that people use for NFTs? NFTs are on a lot of platforms. Basically every um, altcoin these days has NFT functionality, um, sort of old school altcoins like, a, uh, I don't know, like a Doge or Litecoin don't really have NFT functionality. Mm. Although I guess they're both forks of Bitcoin. So somebody could port. Uh, we need ordinals for Dogecoin. Yeah, they could, they could <laughs> port inscriptions and ordinals to Doge. Um, but um, yeah, but, you know, there's uh, Solana, which is kind of popular because it's like high transaction volume, although Solana is like shitcoin par excellence. Um, there's also, um, Tezos. Tezos got popular because it was an early proof of stake chain. And so artists who wanted to avoid the perception that they were on like dirty blockchains mm. would use Tezos. Okay. So the Tezos, I've definitely heard of Tezos NFTs. Yeah. The, it's the clean NFT meme. Right, right, right. Um, but Ethereum is the dominant market, the vast majority of the volume and where the highest value, highest prestige NFTs live and, and are traded but then the actual like smart contract writing uh -huh. like who does that is it just that because i've never made an nft on ethereum mm -hmm. so it's hard for me to kind of imagine like it's not like the artist is like writing up that contract themselves or like has a lawyer to write up that contract for them or a dev or whatever dev, it's like not a lawyer <laughs> devs, devs write smart contracts i'm not just lawyers. like imagining like that there's like like yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm just picturing like how one actually goes about navigating this. Is it that there's platforms on which you mint NFTs and those are those platforms sort of have their Yeah. The reason why I say lawyers just like I imagine that the differences between different platforms would probably be like the various things that is important to an artist. Yeah, well, like um, if it's all happening on Ethereum, then the thing that yeah. would differentiate yeah. some, like, would just be like, yeah. on this one, your art is copyright this, or on right. this one, your art is whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it's so this is actually a huge. So deploying smart contract based NFTs is, um, the the UX is like pretty bad and it's pretty complicated. So most of the time, no artists are not writing their own contracts. But early on, it was only devs really who could create ERC seven twenty one uh, tokens, could create NFTs on Ethereum because they had to be able to 
either write their own smart contract or reuse an existing smart contract and use these like very complicated tools to publish it and host the content and do all that stuff. Um, That's so, kind of like right now. What do you ordinals. Mean? No, actually, on, on ordinals, the experience is already much better, much better. In terms of like usability? In terms of usability, yeah. Because you just, you download and sync Bitcoin Core, you download and sync Ord, and then you run a command and you give it your, your file and you say, I want to inscribe Oh, that's this. so easy. Yeah, because that's the thing is that ordinal inscriptions are uniform in their functionality. They're not smart contracts that can have arbitrary functionality and like weird limitations. So really what differentiates them is their content and who made them. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what people actually want out of NFTs. If you look at the vast majority of NFTs, that any sort of like smart contract functionality that comes on Ethereum is like not important at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. Um, nobody actually wants that. So anyways, these days though, for Ethereum, um, people use these like second layer, these like platforms that are like, you know, a website that you go to and you upload all your PNGs or whatever, your JPEGs to the website, and then you hit publish and then it publishes for you. Um, and so those are pretty streamlined. So these days it's a little better for artists. It's still pretty bad. I tried to use the best one and it was like insanely complicated and you can see, and this is like the best, most user-friendly thing that people were raving about for minting NFTs on Ethereum. And you could see that it's based on this really horrible, complicated stack that is like Ethereum and web three and the complexity at the lower levels, like bleeds through, through the top levels. They're like, oh, you've got to do this contract. You've got to do this stuff. You don't have to write the contract yourself, but you have to like add some stuff to it and you could do all these parameters and stuff. Um, so the user experience is already really bad. I would say any motivated person who's like a little technical, not that technical, could could figure out how to make um, inscriptions. And that's not possible from like the early days of Ethereum NFTs, where it's really like devs only. And does that come from just like you sort of making decisions about like, this is what people want and this is kind of the product that we're offering or mm -hmm. like, you know, whatever, what's available to people. Right. Or is it, I guess I'm just trying to understand like, why are there even different ways of doing it on Ethereum? Right. Um, so honestly, a lot of this just comes from the fact that Ethereum is like really poorly designed. Um, it's, it's just really poorly designed. And these specs, like the ERC 7021 spec is not well thought out and even the idea of Ethereum specs as interfaces is also not well thought out. ERC-721, which defines Ethereum NFTs, are a set of, is an interface that contracts must adhere to in order for them to be NFTs on Ethereum. So it just defines the sort of outer like functions that exist, like what functions you can call and what kind of data you're supposed to get back. But the, um, the implementation is completely arbitrary. Every after you go into these like standardized interface points, the actual implementation of the smart contract is completely up to the author of the of the NFT. So the issue with that, that sounds great on the surface, but the issue with that is that in reality, everybody wants the same thing from NFTs. Everybody wants NFTs that are permissionless, everybody wants NFTs that are immutable, everybody wants thing wants NFTs that are arbitrarily transferable where they don't have to ask anybody for permission and everybody wants NFTs that are secure. And so the flexibility to determine the implementation for each ERC-721 token to determine its own implementation just leads to a bad outcome where the best NFTs are the ones that like just do what everybody wants. 
and the worst NFTs are ones that like fuck it up somehow. And inscriptions basically just do what everybody wants. They're they're I mean, not to like you know, say that there's nothing that smart contracts don't give you with NFTs, but you know, as we've seen what collectors want, what collectors enjoy, um, we've we've seen that collectors have very specific tastes. You know, they want something that can't be taken from them. They can do whatever they want. That's secure. That's on chain. And inscriptions just implement that in the protocol. And so each individual inscription author gets all that for free without having to specify it and without adding any complexity. And each collection, like if you go to the ordinals.com website, I should be saying ordinals.com. Ordinals.com. We can have a little banner going at the bottom. Yeah, every 30 (laughs) seconds. You go to ordinals.com and you see all those like images and PNGs and SVGs and audio and, and video and everything that's up by now. Like they're all, they all have the properties that collectors want and they don't need to think about it. They don't need to look at each one individually and see where it's stored, see the smart contract, see the license, see the terms behind it. It's all these like on-chain objects that just do what NFTs should do. It's kind of nice. Like I feel like a lot of times with Bitcoin, you don't get the benefit of like seeing something play out and Mm -hmm. then like implementing it on Bitcoin. And in this situation, it's like you've kind of gotten to see Mm -hmm. how NFTs have played out and like the pros and cons and the bad and the good. And then you get to be like, okay, now let's bring it to Bitcoin. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, the yeah, the, like basically, I just looked at what the best NFTs are and the emerging. In addition to some emerging trends and what people want to do with NFTs on Ethereum, and I just wrote a good spec, wrote a good protocol, and just did it that way from the beginning. Um, we'll talk later about like future features, but there's features that are coming that I'm very excited about, and and ways that um, already. Uh, inscriptions already materially improve on ERC-721 NFTs. Like the features are actually better. They're actually features right now that ERC-721 NFTs don't have, and they're great features. Should you get into those? Oh, yeah, maybe, yeah. (laughs) I mean, so one thing that you can do, so inscriptions are numbered. Every inscription has a number. The first one is numbered at zero because we're programmers. We start counting from zero. And each one has a number. And you can go through and see every single inscription that's ever been made. So you can go to ordinals.com slash inscriptions. And then you can press the... Actually, on ordinals.com, there's not more than 100. So you don't need to press the arrows to see more of them. But let's say there's a, people have made 1,000 inscriptions. You can go to ordinals.com and page through every single inscription that's ever been made. You can enumerate them. Um, this is non-trivial on Ethereum. You would have to scrape the chain for every single contract that has ever been deployed that implements the ERC-721 specification to find the contracts that that are NFTs. And then even then, each contract can have multiple NFTs inside of it. And enumerating those NFTs is non-trivial, like figuring out like what are the NFTs that this contract contains? Because they're kind of like black boxes with code inside. And you sort of can't tell what like, oh, do the each contract has IDs. Do the IDs start at zero? Are the IDs like long hex strings? Um, I imagine they, it also helps that ordinals are actually on chain rather than having to like chase down yep. whatever outside that's content right. or links. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one thing you can enumerate all of the inscriptions and there's a total order of inscriptions. Um, so that also lets you say when each inscription was, was published. So you get like ironclad, um, an ironclad timestamp on each inscription, which is not possible with Ethereum because Ethereum contracts are mutable. Um, even if a contract you know, you could have a, a 
an NFT on Ethereum, which you think is the earliest instance of that NFT, but somebody could go back and modify a previously deployed contract to have that exact content. And you wouldn't be able to tell without some sleuthing which one of those NFTs came first. So ironclad timestamping, which comes from the Bitcoin time chain, is already a feature of, of inscriptions. As I said, they're all on chain. That's a great feature. Um, they have native support for a whole bunch of formats. So they support um, PNGs, JPEGs, uh, GIFs, uh, SVGs, HTML. SVGs and HTML both uh, sandboxed very carefully so that they can't access outside resources. So even if you're viewing an HTML inscription in your browser, you can be confident that it's not requesting random resources from the rest of the web, which means that it really is self-contained and what you're seeing is really what's in the transaction. Um, I like the idea that like Bitcoin is, well, I, I don't want to steal other people's ideas that I'm sort of collaborating with for this one, but mm -hmm. um, I like the idea of like Bitcoin being this like big, like long time chain structure that mm -hmm. like we're getting to like write our little yeah 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 like. absolutely yeah 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 you want to do graffiti on on bitcoin you want to be like the guy in the roman Colosseum who's like you know babacus was here it's like, like a cave it. drawing yeah it's like or like a yeah like you're inscribing something in like the pyramid of giza yeah. or something like that it's, yeah. it's beautiful yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah and this this is going to be around forever it's incredibly pleasing to me um to have helped create something that will definitely outlive me. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's never going away. Yeah. You dressed as Trump, um, will like outlive your image. That's right. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> people will come to worship it one day. I assume. Um, I told Casey it was going to be the new Pepe. Yeah. 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 Casey, I really Casey don't want Trump somebody, somebody, Trump. we did for, somebody took screenshots from our, um, democracy episode and then made inscriptions with screenshots of me as Trump. Um, it's don't nice. know how I feel about that. I'm like worried it. that, yeah, <laughs> I want somebody, somebody needs to do an AOC inscription, an Aaron is AOC. Inscription. No one has told me, please do an Aaron is AOC inscription. <laughs> somebody <laughs> me as any, or me as the capitalism elf. Mm, yeah. Capitalism. The elf, cottage yeah. Core elf. Yeah. yeah. Actually do too. Like the duality of woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Where were we? Uh, maybe. So one question is like, how do inscriptions relate to ordinals? And, and how do inscriptions actually work? Um, because honestly, the details are like, I'm incredibly proud of all the details of how inscriptions work. I can tell. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was at a meetup a, a few months ago and I was like describing inscriptions to somebody and they were like, oh, so they're just like NFTs. And I was like, yeah, they're better. But they're, they were like, oh yeah, who cares about the details? And I was like, no, the details are everything. Um, you don't care about the details until the details come to fuck you over. That's right. You yep. know? And ultimately, like this is an art project. And so the details need to be aesthetic. Right. Yeah. Of course. So over for over a year now, I've been working on this ordinals thing, which is, as you can refer to in our uh, ordinals episode, yeah. link there, I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so ordinals are a way of uh, giving individual identities to sats and tracking them across transactions. It's sort of like a convention to make sats non-fungible. Um, and it doesn't hurt Bitcoin's privacy and fungibility because it's a convention. If you don't opt into it, you don't, you don't get it. You don't, you don't see ordinal numbers. So ordinals were actually created entirely so that I could figure out a way to do NFTs on Bitcoin. Uh, and 
the reason that ordinals enable NFTs on Bitcoin or inscriptions on Bitcoin, digital artifacts on the time chain, is that the inscriptions are actually made conceptually on individual sats. So the inscription content is included in a Bitcoin transaction in something called an envelope in the witness in a taproot script spend. And that content becomes associated with one of the sats in the output of that transaction. And then that sat becomes inscribed with that content. And the owner of that inscription is the person who owns that sat. And so forever forward in that sat's lifetime, when it's being transferred with the ordinal, ordinal transfer algorithm, um, when you go look at it in like a ordinal block explorer, you see that inscription, you see that inscribed sat. Can the inscription ever be erased? No, never. Can you make an inscription on literally every single sat? No, you can only do it on sats that you control in your possession. But could like in theory, an uh -huh. ordinal be made on every, or like an inscription be made on every single ordinal? Yes, it would take billions, possibly trillions of years because there's 2.1 quadrillion sats that you would have to inscribe but what if this becomes like you know like when they're digging up like the bitcoin node uh -huh. like buried yeah. in <laughs> yeah in the erosion of mm -hmm. like the mega flood or whatever mm -hmm. and they look at the bitcoin time chain and they see all these like little memes and symbols and they're like what was this their language yeah yeah, yeah like, absolutely <laughs> yeah it's gonna happen it's people i'm telling you it's gonna happen and i also like the idea that like when you do it like okay if there was like let's say there were like ordinal inscriptions just kind of like flying around like that some people just made ordinal inscriptions and then didn't really care. And they just kind of like yep. used Bitcoin as money. Mm -hmm. And yet those ordinals still had inscriptions those on sats. them. Those sats still yep. had inscriptions on them. Like that when you do transfers, there would still be these like little like Casey yep. dressed up yeah, as yeah, Trump yeah, 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 or like a yep. crypto dick butt yep, or whatever. Yep. That's like transferring yep. around as well. And, and ordinals like the ordinal, like sats, like, I mean, ordinals, like, I always, like, the nouns is confusing, but, like, sats with the ordinal transfer algorithm behave a lot like Bitcoin. They're held in Bitcoin UTXOs, naturally. Um, they are secured by uh, Bitcoin addresses. They're transferred in normal Bitcoin transactions, and so they can be held, for example, in multi-sig wallets. They can be held in vaults. You can secure them with hardware, hardware wallets. Um, they can be used to pay fees. Um, they can be sent around in any arbitrary way. And so inscriptions, because they're on sats, um, tracked with like the ordinal transfer algorithm, inherit all these nice properties of Bitcoin. Uh, they can be held within normal Bitcoin wallets, although normal Bitcoin wallets don't perform sat control, so they might lose your sats and inscriptions. Um, they can be held secured by normal Bitcoin addresses. They can be sent in normal Bitcoin transactions, which means that those transactions, transactions can be signed by hardware wallets. Um, they inherit all the functionality of Bitcoin, which is distinct, for example, from a protocol called Counterparty, which was like the OG NFT protocol on Bitcoin, where it doesn't integrate with the rest of the Bitcoin. It's really this layer on top of Bitcoin, and it's like only really uses Bitcoin as a messaging layer. Um, and as a result, for example, you can't hold a Counterparty asset in a Bitcoin multi-sig wallet because they're just different layers. They mm -hmm. don't talk to each other. Whereas inscriptions... They're on sats using the ordinal transfer scheme, which was designed to be super orthogonal to Bitcoin and, and mesh really well with the Bitcoin protocol, inherit all these things from Bitcoin, multi-sigs, time locks, hardware wallets, everything. So, okay. So now on ordinals.com, you have it so that you could... What was the it, name of that website? 
ordinals.com oh yeah okay yeah, yeah. ordinals.com <laughs> ordinals.com <that's right>. <laughs> hey, everyone go to or- well okay wait so ordinals.com uh-huh. you can check your utxos for rare sats right now or just kind of look uh, and yeah, see what ordinals you, you have right yeah 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 will you implement the ability to like look at your utxo and see what inscriptions you have you can already do that okay but because mm-hmm. i'm imagining okay here's what i'm imagining it's like a um like a like a propaganda scheme uh-huh you make a bunch of ordinal inscriptions that have mm. whatever message you're yeah. trying to yeah. deliver. Uh-huh. And then you put those ordinals or you put those sats onto an exchange. You know what you, you know what is even sexier than that? Hmm. You spend them as fees. Spend them as fees. Yeah. So you can spend an inscription as a fee in a block. You can make an inscription and then use those sats to pay fees. And then, um, those inscriptions will then get assigned to the output of the Coinbase transaction to the miners output. And then when they spend that, eventually those inscriptions will continue to circulate. Well, wouldn't that happen if you put them into an exchange also? Yeah, but it's not as putting it on an, ex- as an exchange is not as cool as spending it in fees. So it goes to the it just goes to the new new Bitcoin and then circulates. Yeah, I guess that's true. I just like the idea that with an exchange, like there could be someone who just like buys like 0. 0.0001 uh-huh, of a yeah. Bitcoin. And then they're like, totally. why do I have this racist meme? <laughs> like, why am I in possession of child porn? You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, I like the idea of like distributing to like yeah. the entire user base of like Coinbase or you something could, like You could that, definitely you know? do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could do like maybe like an astrology one that's like an automatic like chart. Like, what if you, possibly with a designer friend of yours, uh, a designer friend of make mine, yeah. a program that generates a astrology, like the position of the, all the planets, mm-hmm. as an SVG, and then we can put it on a computer program that every day just makes a new one and and sends it out into the ether. So you'd mint an or, or inscribe an ordinal every day yeah. with the chart of the day. That's right, yeah. And then you just yeah. send it off into the ether. Yeah, that'd be beautiful. Yeah. See, that's like, again, this is like when they're digging up the, uh, the Bitcoin node and they're going mm-hmm. through it and they're trying to parse through all these weird files they'd yeah. like be able to be like oh this is where the planets were relative to the bitcoin time chain and then mm-hmm. they can sync up those timelines right yeah that's there, true. We, yeah, go. there we go that's yeah. what i yeah all right all right perfect <laughs> collaboration opportunity yeah totally <laughs> um yeah and so i mean i guess one thing we can we should talk about is is there's you know there's a little bit of controversy when you use things when you use bitcoin for things that it wasn't intended for mm. or when you put stuff on the chain uh, aside that that isn't strictly necessary to make Bitcoin transactions. Well, I thought Bitcoin was for my friends and for my enemies. That's what I think. That's <laughs> what I think. Yeah. But yeah, controversies. Address the controversies. Yeah. Um, so I honestly haven't seen that much. Yeah, there's a little bit. Um, it's a longstanding controversy. But uh, yeah, so one of the reasons that it's such a big controversy is that back in 2014 or where, where, whenever the block size wars started like heating up, People basically just thought that you could put anything on Bitcoin, that you could um, use it as an arbitrary data storage layer, and that, in fact, the Bitcoin blockchain should grow in capacity to accommodate all these extra uses. Um, And those people became known as big blockers. They wanted Bitcoin's block size to dramatically increase, and they were... They made a lot of noise, a lot of miners and, and, and exchanges were in the big block camp, and they were sort of roundly defeated. And we still have a lot of PTSD from that time. From the war. Yeah, from the war, from the block size war. Um, and a difference between me and big blockers is that I like the idea of storing art and memes and random shit on Bitcoin. And I think it's actually good for Bitcoin. 
Um, and I am not an advocate of larger blocks. I am not, I don't think that Bitcoin is a dumping ground for whatever, and we should increase the size of the blocks to accommodate that. I think actually part of the reason that inscriptions are valuable is because they're scarce. And one thing that will keep them scarce is the limited block size. And also the fact that, um, lots of people will be making other transactions, financial transactions. And in fact, I think inscriptions will remain a niche use of, of Bitcoin. Um, and those, those, those financial transactions will compete with inscriptions for block space and will actually be much smaller and willing to pay much higher fees. Um, and so I view it as like a feature, not a bug, that Bitcoin has a limited block size vis-a-vis -vis inscriptions. And for the health of Bitcoin, I don't advocate for an increase in the Bitcoin block size. So I'm not a big blocker. Like I'm not in that This camp. actually kind of came up when I was um, I was doing the Bitcoin View Twitter spaces. Mm -hmm. And uh, Tuesday at 6 p.m. PST. Um, and we were talking about the Lightning Network. How do they find it? What's the, like, how do they find the, the Bitcoin view Twitter space? I mean, I usually retweet it yeah. so you can see it, like the link come up, yeah. but Isabel Fox and Duke hosts yeah. it. So follow, follow Realizing Aaron or, or, or Isabel, Fox, Isabel and, Fox and Duke on yeah. Twitter to, to get in with the, the Bitcoin ladies chatting about whatever. It's on good. We had, a, we had a, we had a, I, I, I was guest for a problematic episode of, of the view, <laughs> uh, but then the next episode was really chill and awesome. Well, the so. next episode. Yeah. So I was talking about ordinal because we were talking about the lightning network on that episode. It was kind of just like a free for all. We were just talking about whatever which was really nice actually um but d plus plus was talking about uh the lightning network and i was just kind of asking her questions about it and one of the things that i we were talking about is like how often will someone actually ever need to open or close a channel mm -hmm. like let's say we're in this like hyper bitcoinized world where like mm -hmm. people are sending lightning payments all over the place for buying yeah. their morning coffee mm -hmm. When in like a normal person's life would you ever have to open or close a channel mm. um and because D plus plus's opinion is, I don't want to like mischaracterize her opinion, but it, the gist that I got is that like it would happen very rarely, if ever. Mm. Like you could pass down your lightning channel to your children, oh, shit. essentially, nice. you know, and you never necessarily have to close a lightning channel. Mm -hmm. But then my question and Isabel's question was kind of like, well, how does the network stay secure if there are no like opening and closings, no transactions happening on the main network? Mm -hmm. Like who's going to be doing that? And mm -hmm. then I was like, Unfortunately, I think the luxury ordinals art <laughs> market right. is what's going to be maintaining the security of That's the network. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like in this world where like no one has to open or close channels. I love that idea that it's like all these lightning <laughs> channels, they've been open for like hundreds of years and the base layer is just used to trade like Pepe memes. It's just like gigs and gigs of Pepe memes. And luxury like, Pepe. It's going to be like, Pepe's. it's going to be like museums, yeah. like trading back and forth, like yeah. Yeah. Michelangelo. And then like sculptures. every once in a while, an actual Bitcoin transaction like squeezes through. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine like every once in a while, there's like some giant financial institution that needs to settle something with some other giant financial right. institution. And they like do that on the main chain. Yeah. And then it's just like Pepe's and like yeah. some, you know, mythology of some guy, bad orange man yeah. that like, wow, what if in the future they, what think, if they think you're Trump. Trump? Yeah. What if they think <laughs> Trump copied me? <laughs> Oh my God, I would love that. I, yeah. They're like our first ever recorded image of this man. Yeah, right, right. They think, they, the think, they, they think Trump was an occupation and not a person. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the fee paying thing is actually so, I mean, I think that demand for block space is good and we do need fees long term to secure the network. And also, and ordinals, obviously, inscriptions use block space and so essentially provide unlimited demand for block space as long as people want to inscribe things right because you and also like you can't trade in 
inscription over the Lightning Network. That's true. Yeah, that's you right. You have to do it on yeah, the yeah, Lightning Network. I, I, I can think of weird ways of doing it with something called coin pools, maybe. But inscriptions and ordinals in general are very hard to lift onto an L2 but layer. if you did put those sats in the Lightning Network, mm-hmm. those inscriptions could just be like buzzing around. In the not Lightning really, Network. not really, because they a, a, a sat can only be in one channel at a time. So the Lightning Network, you know, you you have these channels, and then conceptually, you know, the money goes from the the source to the destination. Mm-hmm. But in reality, you've got it's actually all these separate channels, and it's just a few sats, different sats that are going across each channel. So. If I open a channel with you, mm-hmm. and when we close that channel, we can only get sats that were in our opening UTXO. We won't like get sats from other people elsewhere on the Lightning Network. Okay, so you only will get in the inscriptions that you, or you will only take out the inscriptions that you put in. In That's theory, right. yeah, yeah. Okay, it is. It is true though that between if, you and another person, between you and another person, okay. yeah, because it, it is true that if if inscriptions make it into UTXOs that are used in Lightning channels they may naturally tend to circulate through the Lightning Network as channels get created with those inscriptions, closed, and maybe the person who gets the closing money will immediately put it into another channel with somebody else, in which case it could effectively circulate among participants of the Lightning Network. Sure, right, 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 right. Wow. That's also going to be, like, I feel like inscriptions just um, being locked away in mm-hmm. the Lightning yeah. Network is also going to be pretty... Also, like, lost. like that, Exactly. You know, you, you see it went to fees, and you're like, oh, shit, this, like, grail inscription was lost. Yeah. Uh, and then it, well, it, it, it emerges lost, on the market. lost, right? Because no, no, but I mean, it's, like, held by some... Lost to you. Lost to you and lost to the... Lost to inscriptions collectors. Right. And then maybe, it oh, it appears on an exchange, and then the exchange has, you know, their engineers extract it from cold storage, and then it gets back on the market. That's just... I'm trying to think of, like, anything else that like exists like this nothing it's It's fucking bonkers i mean it's honestly it's really like artifacts it's really like physical artifacts that are created lost found defaced um you know traded stolen um everything like it has that vibe of real physical artifacts once an inscription is made can you update the inscription or change it in any way or like add a new inscription on like yeah. One sat gets an inscription. Is that like forever? Yeah. Once one sat gets an inscription, it's forever. Um, for to support a number of other features, we're going to. It's not currently possible, but we will allow making an additional inscription on the same sat. So a sat could have multiple inscriptions on it. Why? Um, because one of the primary reasons is that we want to enable multi-file inscriptions, mm-hmm. where you create an HTML inscription that references multiple other files, and we want to allow people to put all of those files onto the same sat so that it always travels together. And the simplest way to do that is to allow multiple inscriptions on the same sat. So is the limiting factor for multiple inscriptions size? Uh, ultimately, yeah, the limiting factor is always size. Is, uh, is, is how, many, how, much, how much fees are you willing to pay um, and staying under the 400,000 um, soft limit 400,000 bytes soft limit per transaction and the 4 million byte hard limit per block but that's the 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 size limit like the 400,000 or whatever is the Mm -hmm. limit like let's say like you made an inscription that was like super small Uh and then like someone else got that and then they made another limit you could make you could just do that forever forever. but then if you wanted to fuck that over you make a big one that like fills up almost the whole 400,000 or whatever no there's no the 400,000 is like a per transaction limit Oh, so you can just keep adding on, but you have to pay for the fee you have every to pay time. The fees. So it's not yeah. like so it's not like 
um like ethereum nfts where you can kind of just like shit out like ten thousand nfts exactly. at once and be like yep yep each nft or each inscription yep like would actually have some sort of cost basis That's to right. you to yep. create yep and this is a huge feature of inscriptions because on ethereum it's like you just pay the deploy cost for a smart contract. You put everything on IPFS, and that smart contract can contain 10, 10, 10 NFTs, 1,000 NFTs, 10,000 NFTs, a million NFTs. Um, but to make an inscription on Bitcoin, each additional inscription costs some additional amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means that there's not going to be just trash that people mint speculatively and are never able to sell. Right. People will only create inscriptions if, if they want them, if they think they're cool, or if they think that each one is going to be sold or a significant percentage of them are going to be sold. How much does it cost to inscribe an, like an inscription right now? So currently, the if at this is sensitive to the amount of fees you pay and the price of Bitcoin. But at 20k Bitcoin and a fee rate of one sat per vbyte, um, 100 kilobytes is, I believe, five dollars. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty solid. And it's actually way cheaper than Ethereum. So on. Yeah, because gas fees, right? Yeah, and 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 ordinals storing content and inscriptions is they're stored in a way which is just ignored by the bitcoin protocol Mm -hmm. they're stored in transactions and and full notes keep those that data around but the protocol just skips over it um they are stored in something that i call an envelope which is a op false op if and then a bunch of data and then an op end if and so because the if statement always has a false in front of it the contents of the if statement never get executed in the script. This is inside of a taproot tap script. So it, it can be added to any any transaction without affecting its meaning. And it um, is just ignored by Bitcoin full nodes. And so this makes it very efficient. On Ethereum, to store data on Ethereum, you actually got to like execute it. And there's like different storage classes. And it's like all fucked up. Um, but because Bitcoin just ignores this data, it's very cheap as far as the base protocol is concerned. Um, and then furthermore, it is stored in this structure called the witness and the witness gets a discount relative to other bytes of a transaction. So, um, the block limit is 4 million weight units and each non-witness byte costs four weight units and each witness byte costs one weight unit. So it basically gets a 75% discount relative to other transaction bytes. And this was intended to increase the block size and to encourage people to uh, spend, to consolidate the UTXO set, because usually the witness is something that makes the UTXO set smaller, but I'm completely abusing it to just stick monkey JPEGs in there. Free market. Real kick in the teeth to the uh, (laughs) the Taproot authors. I'm really, I'm actually really curious what, um, what Peter Willa thinks about it. Peter Willa is one of the, and the other authors of, uh, of Segwit, like, and Taproot, like, what do they think about it? They Some, created a monster. They created a monster, yeah. yeah. Somebody, uh, D- Dennis, I think his name was, on Twitter, wrote a good article about inscriptions recently, and, like, he basically said, like, yeah, like, we thought we had settled the opera turn wars, but the Taproot authors accidentally, like, blew it wide open, and, like, now you can store this data. This fucking yeah. guy. <laughs> and I also, I saw on uh, the Bitcoin Stack Exchange, which is, like, a Q&A site for Bitcoiners, um, I saw somebody asking like, hey, I've seen these transactions with giant witnesses. What the fuck is going on? And like somebody was like, oh, yeah, that's that's ordinals. Yeah. yeah. And so Segwit added this witness structure, but Segwit had pretty strict limits on what it could contain and, and size limits. Uh, Taproot 
retains the witness structure and removes all limits on how big it can be. There, there's still one or two, um, and there's a soft limit of 400, 400,000 bytes that still remains. But <clears throat> in general, tap, Taproot is much, much um, less, uh, much, much, much um, less conservative with the limits. So um, someone noticed the inscriptions on like your testing or is it they noticed it on mainnet? They noticed it on mainnet. Yeah, they must. So uh, like less than a hundred have been made and it's already yeah. people notice. I mean, they're quite, they know. they're quite anomalous. Like they're <laughs> like, they're what? Like if you go to mempool.space, the Bitcoin uh, block explorer and you go to ins an inscription, like a big one and you click details, it's like, it's like, hex fills the screen you have to zoom out a hundred times and the rest of the website is super tiny and then it's just a giant block of hex like it's great yeah it's it's great it really is it. like a cave drawing like it's like everyone's oh, yeah. just like going yeah. around the cave yeah. like trading their little yeah. things yeah. and like hunter gathering yeah. and then they're like whoa yeah. what's this guy doing yeah. um, an elephant on the wall over here one one nice thing about inscriptions as opposed to other protocols on top of bitcoin is that other protocols on top of Bitcoin, not not like the Lightning Network. I don't think the Lightning Network is a bad incentive, but some of them can introduce bad incentives. So, for example, people talk about stable coins on Ethereum actually having a lot of power over um, how Ethereum hard forks, how, how Ethereum changes in the future. That there are so many uh, stable coins on, on Ethereum. So, for example, Circle, CUS, USDC, and uh, Tether that are so critical for the Ethereum like shitcoin ecosystem that the creators who the people the entities that back those stable coins if there are two competing forks of ethereum and the tether people just bless one of those forks as this is the one where we're going to honor the tether on um that's the fork that's going to win straight up like there's no there's there's kind of no the Ethereum developers can say what they want but they're going to be pretty constrained by um these like large entities mm -hmm. um so there's concerns that if you know things like that were on Bitcoin or if DeFi was on Bitcoin, it might introduce these negative, have these negative externalities on, on Bitcoin that would, for example, influence fork choice or that would create opportunities for MEV, which might lead to minor centralization. Um, ordinals are just like, I, ordinals and inscriptions, I just can't imagine any um, like negative externalities. Like it's so benign. It's just like people trading these like, jpegs you know people inscribe making their little pieces of like cave graffiti and trading them like i i can't imagine that it's going to that it would influence bitcoin in a negative way well that's of course you would think that because that part of your brain is locked away due to mk ultra that's experimentation. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 the sleeper cell is going to activate and i'm just going to like i'm just going to like wake up in the middle of the night and change one line of code in the ord code base that's going to like activate it and then everything is fine you'll switch like two letters around yeah, yeah, and all yeah, of a yeah, sudden yeah, yeah, it's like i've got like an ultra mk function and i change just ultra and mk and it becomes mk ultra and then it becomes evil <laughs> I've like been saying to people that you are an MK Ultra sleeper agent. I'm like, I have to stop, but I can't stop. I can't stop saying. I love it. I think it's hilarious at this point. <laughs> so yeah, moving on. Um, talking a little bit about how inscriptions compare to other NFTs. So one is uh, ERC seven twenty one NFTs. Um, inscriptions are already the low level tools are already way more user friendly. They're, they're already way more secure. The tooling is already way better. Um, 
the integration with the with with Bitcoin is already there, um, and the high level tools like the the you know graphical tools that people eventually use who are non technical to to make these things will definitely be way more user friendly. Um, they are way more secure. I think I said that again. They're incredibly expressive and they have a coherent data model that like somebody has actually thought about and designed. The data model of inscriptions is the data model of the web. It is inscriptions are a piece of content and a, and a content type. And those two things allow a browser to display them. Uh, and so they're going to be composable in this really cool way. And have way better features. Um, and they're already cheaper and scarcer, which is kind of a mysterious combination. Like they are on-chain storage is cheaper, but you can't just mint collections of 10,000. So they're both cheaper and scarcer than Ethereum NFTs. Why are Ethereum NFTs so expensive? Fees, gas fees. I, why are gas fees so expensive? <laughs> because with Ethereum, you don't just deploy the content you have to deploy the contract too. You have to deploy the like smart contract, which is different for every mm. different NFT. I see. Yep. I actually know, I actually figured out a way that I could make an Ethereum contract that had a lot of the benefits of inscriptions and brought them to Ethereum. Don't tell them. Yeah, that is left as an exercise to the reader. <laughs> um, so then RGB and Tarot. RGB and Tarot are proposed... Um, protocols for mostly for like issuing tokens and doing some some parts of DeFi on top of Bitcoin. Um, I, I see inscriptions and an RGB and tarot as not really competing with each other. Um, inscriptions and ordinals are, are tailored from the beginning for the digital artifact use case from the art art collectibles, NFTs, digital artifacts use case. And RGB and tarot from the beginning are more more tailored towards um, the um, fungible token use case. So like stable coins, I guess you could do like ICOs, DeFi, stuff like that. So I don't think that, I think inscriptions are already way more user-friendly than those tools and they'll always be better for um, digital artifacts, for NFTs. Um, but that, that's not, that doesn't really detract from the core value proposition of RGB and Tarot. Um, and then Counterparty. Counterparty is the OG Bitcoin asset NFT protocol that's on Bitcoin, uh, doesn't have great integration with Bitcoin. It has its own shitcoin, And it's so bad, man. It's so bad and it's so shitty and everything about it is shitty. So I think this is like a pure, inscriptions are a pure upgrade on Counterparty. They're way better than Counterparty. And What was the token called? X, XCP, I think. Okay. Uh, I think it's called the Counterparty token. I don't know what it's, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And uh so all counterparty degens like come to inscriptions. You'll love them. You can run the tools. They're super easy. Like they're, it's it's good shit. Uh, what's next? What's next? Yeah. We're talking about what's next. So big next feature is going to be collections and provenance um, on Ethereum NFTs. Each NFT exists in a collection, and so you can sort of see related collections of NFTs, and you can see who issued, who, who created an NFT. So you can see like this wallet created this NFT and then there's sort of like this hierarchy. So you can imagine, so right now you can't tell who created the inscription. And then the namespace is flat. It's just this big list of inscriptions. Okay, so you can imagine like after that's implemented, you as an artist could be like, here's my spring collection uh -huh. of ordinal inscriptions. That's right, yeah. And 
I, we have a really great plan for how to do this. I feel like Steve Jobs, when Steve Jobs talks about like the iPhone and like how great it is, mm -hmm. that's me with inscriptions. But basically when you create an inscription in that inscribed transaction, you can include one of your other inscriptions and that other inscription, that pre-existing inscription that you include will become the parent inscription of the new inscription that you create. And so what that does is it means then there's a sort of, uh, browsable tree of inscriptions and you you can say that an inscription contains a bunch of other inscriptions and so you can go to inscriptions in, an inscription see the inscriptions inside of it and then like click on those like subinscriptions and that can be used both for provenance like if you want to create an inscription that represents you your identity and then use that to to create subinscriptions then they, they, you can see like, ah, this one was created by the Aaron inscription mm -hmm. and for collections where you can create an inscription representing the collection and then issue and then mint all of the collection inscriptions using that inscription as the parent. So like the way that one would actually go about like browsing around, like let's say you have an ordinals inscription artist that you really like mm -hmm. and you want to like browse through their collection. Mm -hmm. This would happen on ordinals.com. Yeah, that's right. You would go to ordinals.com and you would click on, you would, you would browse to their inscription, which represented them. And you would be able to be able to see all the inscriptions that that inscription had created, including like latest inscriptions. Some of those might be collections. So then you could click into those collections and see the inscriptions in there. Um, this that's is very cool. This is something I'm, you need an app. Oh yeah, we definitely need an app. App is going to come yeah. eventually. Yeah. I'm like, I don't see it on it. <laughs> no, app is app is not soon. Um, but I'm Someday. really I'm really excited about this um like hierarchical tree of inscriptions because yeah. it's something that Ethereum doesn't have at all. Yeah, it's really cool. Um so next thing also is unique names or symbols. So I'm gonna give inscriptions unique names, and it's only gonna be possible like you no two inscriptions can have the same name. And so you can use them as unique short identifiers for each inscription. So that would be like a, like a username on a website. Exactly. Yep. What's the, is the reason just to be able to reference? Cause I thought they also have numbers like starting from zero to whatever. That's right. They have numbers, but to have like another cool way of referencing yeah, yeah, them. Yeah. 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 Um, titles, which are like names, except they can contain any characters and they're not unique. So you can just give your inscription. So like, like a you have your Twitter username, but you also have your name. Exactly. And like your name can be whatever, but exactly. the, the username you're at has to be something that's unique. Exactly. Okay, yep. cool. I like that. Um, trustless and decentralized offers to buy and sell. I already have, ha I already have a the marketplace, the marketplace, place mm -hmm. the free market yep uh because inscriptions are work with on ordinals they transfer with ordinals i have a sketch for a way that somebody who owns an inscription can offer it for sale by creating a partially signed bitcoin transaction and then they just send it out um, and then whoever is willing to sign has to pay whatever the offer is for the other signature exactly cool um and it's like fill or kill um wow. which, yep and uh also offers for offering things, offering to buy things. I can look at an inscription and say, I want it. And then put on if the other offer. person agrees to sign. Exactly. Yep. And nice. those don't require a centralized exchange. They don't require a trusted counterparty. Um, when you sell NFTs on OpenSea, you're actually giving OpenSea permission to do whatever they want with your NFTs. Right. Um, so this doesn't require that. Uh, next is composability, where you can have these HTML and SVG inscriptions that refer to the content of other inscriptions. This I'm super excited about because it's like there's going to be this on-chain library of code and HTML and content 
that all inscriptions, new inscriptions can have access to. So it's going to be an incredible fertile ground of like remixing. It's going to be dope. It's going to be amazing of like remixing content. Wow. I love to hear it. I'm very excited about that. <laughs> um, let's see. And then one fun thing is that I, the, the, the protocol allows any sort of um, content type. Like you can just include whatever content type you want, but the wallet and the um, website have like each, con each content type needs to be supported by the website. So it knows how to display the inscription content. And so, but one fun thing is that users have been hacking the wallet to create illegal inscriptions with new formats That's nice. that aren't inform aren't supported. And then I'll go see an inscription that has a new format and I'm like, okay, well, I guess I got to support it now. So that seems very in the spirit of, um, you know, graffiti inscriptions, yep. you know, the kids are just going to fuck around with it and you yep. gotta, yep. you gotta figure out how to accommodate. Yep. And so that's why we have gifts. Um, somebody uploaded a gif of a, um, uh, parrot. Yeah. The guy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I had to add gift support. Somebody added a video, like a Chinese New Year, like Happy New Year video. That's so I had to cute. add video support. And then somebody uploaded a PDF of the Bitcoin white paper. And so I had to add PDF support. Um, so that's really fun. I, I obviously, I can't add support for everything. Um, things have to be really broadly supported by browsers because I don't want to add support for a format that a user will create an inscription with. And then it like won't display on 50% of browsers. So they have to be broadly supported formats. But there's a format that you think should be in an inscription. Hack the code and make an inscription and maybe I'll see it and, and implement it. Nice. Yep. Call to action. Call to action. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, so that's that's what's next. That's crazy. Yep. Wow, 2023 about to be ordinal inscriptions Popping year. the fuck off. Yeah. Yeah, I want to get, get um, provenance and collections done by Bitcoin Miami. Yeah, you should... Um, you should do like a, a workshop at Bitcoin Miami yeah, for totally. inscriptions. Yeah. I mean, you should just do inscription workshops. Like I want to make inscriptions so that, you know, I can cash in early on this new budding right. field. Of totally. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like you just need to, I mean, people are already making them mm -hmm. though. It's not even like you need to force them to make them. Yep. Like it's happening. But yeah, I want to get the word out. I want to do some IRL inscription workshops. Yeah, no, you really should. Oh yeah, and, and uh, in February, I think February 11th or 13th or something, I don't remember, at Bitcoin Park in Nashville, I'm going to be doing an inscriptions workshop. Okay, so in person, so your opportunity to learn inscriptions That's right. happening yeah, yeah. at Bitcoin Park in Nashville. We'll link in the in the bio. Uh, we have to shill other things. What I do we think. have to shill? We have to shill that we uh, have a discount code for Bitcoin Miami, oh, which yeah. I just said you should host another inscriptions workshop at. Yeah. So I guess we'll see TBD on that one. Mm -hmm. But assuming that you have a workshop at a Bitcoin Miami and you also want to attend Bitcoin Miami, you should use code HELL, H-E-L-L-H-E-Double-Hockey-Sticks. H-E-Double-Hockey-Sticks to get 10% off your ticket, mm -hmm. and then we make money. <laughs> yeah, we make money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so That we're just going to degen right into uh, rare ordinals. Yeah, we're going to use it all on inscription fees. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so do that. But yeah, I mean, I feel like... I think you Don't we have a river code, too? Yeah, I'll link that. Okay. If you want to sign up for River. Yeah, River, yeah. I'll link the, that River as gave well. Us, River has the best swag. We have our River uh, $50 billion r reserve bank of Zimbabwe. Yeah, that's bill. That's pretty sick. Yeah, very sick. That's our like PR uh, material from River. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but definitely, I mean, I feel like just <clears throat> doing workshops and getting people 
learning how to make inscriptions, mm -hmm. you know, yep. Yep. maybe like post a video or something on how to do a tutorial. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I guess like, is there, is there anything else that, you know, assuming people are fired up oh, yeah. this and they want to get involved, what can they do? They should go to ordinals.com. Of course they should go to ordinals.com. <laughs> they they the, haven't already. They, yep. they fucked up. Admire the fine descriptions. Uh, they should read the ordinal theory handbook at docs.ordinals.com. Uh, and they should go to github.com slash Casey slash ord and get the wallet themselves so they can make some inscriptions. So they pull from GitHub? What is it? Really, they just down. In this case, they just download from GitHub. But don't you do like GitHub pull? I don't remember. Yeah, like you, from can, the you could. They command could, line? You could. You could. You could check out the code from the command line. Build Instead, it from source. you could just download it. Yeah, there's also a releases page where we put up pre-built binaries that people can download. From. Oh, okay. But building from source always recommended. And then if you build from source, you can uh, hack your own weird content types. There you go. Yep. Call to action. Yep. Make some inscriptions. Wow. Yeah. Let's Exciting go. times. I'm super stoked. This, everything has gone. The launch has gone really well. Mm -hmm. People seem to like it. There's like, people have made so many. There's already. like 90 inscriptions already. Yeah. Uh, it's very cute. We're adding features. The ordinal discord is, is popping off. What is Jolly? Jolly. Um, there was an inscription on Signet that was one of my favorites. That was just this like scribbled pixel art that said <laughs> Jolly big penis. <laughs> And I was like, I love that pixel artist so bad. And then when we launched mainnet, like it, obviously it was on Signet. We didn't have that. And I was like on Twitter, I was like, can Jolly please reinscribe the Jolly big penis? And so Jolly obliged. And now Jolly is like this meme. Jolly has like the only thing we know about, like gender not confirmed. Mm -hmm. Like only thing we know about is their giant penis. They've transcended gender. Yeah. There are other inscriptions that reference Jolly. That wow. like refer to Jolly. You're yeah. creating a whole, a whole mythos. <laughs> yeah, mythos. There's, <laughs> there's there's lore. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love to see it. Um, yeah, we'll go. You know, go participate. Ordinals.com. Yeah. Go crazy. Ordinals.com. Ordinals yeah. yeah. Go crazy. Should we sign off? Anything yeah. else? That's it. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for joining us. See, see you next time. time. Bye. <laughs>